I just want to um, take this opportunity that I've got to welcome you to church and to welcome everyone that is online with us this morning. You're also welcome to church, whether you're watching on Facebook or you watch later. You are welcome to church and the Lord bless you. And we believe that the same blessing that is in this house will reach you wherever you are watching from in the name of Jesus. And again, I just want to say thank you to uh, the senior pastor of this church, Dr. David Deloke, for this opportunity this morning to share this brief word to God's people this morning. Thank you so much. The Lord bless you. And also thank the leadership of the church for this uh, privilege to share this word this morning. Hallelujah. We've been looking all through the month of November. Um, pastor had looked at different... Um, topics under the series that we're looking at prospered for restful increase can we have the banner please um where we run we run a series for november and december and um that series is prospered for restful increase and all through the month of november pastor looked at prosperity by obedience and he looked at prosperity by diligent labor prosperity by divine creativity prosperity by godliness and contentment and last sunday he looked at um prosperity by prophecy and today we're going to look at prosperity by sacrificial worship is a build-up so they are not inseparable uh, uh if um, you've not been following maybe you're watching online particularly if today is your first time of joining us online um you can or you're worshiping with us here today for the first time you can go back that all on youtube and watch everything from the first Sunday of November up until last Sunday. Praise the Lord. And then today we're looking at prosperity by sacrificial worship. Praise the Lord. And I'm trusting God to, to inspire us this morning as we take this journey in his word this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we read in our... Um, Bible reading, we read 1 Kings chapter 3. We read 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to continue from that this morning. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 3, we're going to look at few things in the context of sacrificial worship. You see, we, we read there that Solomon offered a thousand bond offering to the Lord. And then the Lord was steered up in his heavenly abode and he came down in the dream to speak to Solomon. Now I want you, before we go into that scripture, I want you to notice that there were precedents to that particular sacrifice. Solomon didn't just rise up and all of a sudden he wants to sacrifice a thousand bond offering. I mean that's huge. That's very huge to do that that didn't happen in the dream that happened physically he, he went to the high place before we went there we, before we go there rather you 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 discover that david had already prescribed a community of influence over the son he had already prescribed a community of influence that will govern the environment and the attitude and character behavior of solomon his son 
Because David knew the prayers he has made, the sacrifices he has offered, the declaration he has made for Solomon, even before he grew up. He knows. So he first of all prescribed a community of influence. When um, they took Adonijah, if you look at chapter 1, if you go back to chapter 1, when they took Adonijah to um, anoint him as a king, they came to Bathsheba to say to Bathsheba, have you not heard that they've taken Adonijah, Adonijah to anoint him king? And Bathsheba went before the king, and the king was very sickly and was about dying. And then Bathsheba went there and complained, and then David said, call to me, Zadok the priest. Call to me, Nathan the prophet. Call to me, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. He said, call this community and get the Pelotites and the Cherisites. Let them come. And when they came, and I said, take my son, hand over. I want you to know the precedence before we go into the scripture. He said, take my son and let him ride on my mule. Take him down to Gihon and anoint him first to be a king. And the Bible says, Benaiah said, as the Lord, you see, prophecy has started. I want you to listen to that message, Pastor Prince Aston. It was so powerful, prospered by prophecy. Prospered by prophecy. Because as Haggai, I think it was Haggai in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. As Haggai prophesied, the Bible said the work of the Lord prospered by prophecy. Now Benai began to say, As the Lord was with as the Lord has been with my Lord David, he said, Let him also be the same way with Solomon, and let him not just make Solomon a king like unto David, but let him make him a greater king like unto my Lord. So these, these were the influences that governed what began to happen in the life of Solomon. Now the Bible says, the Bible says, still down there, sorry I didn't give the scripture, that's how the Holy Ghost wants me to go, go this morning. The Bible says, then Zadok, the priest, took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. That is 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 39. And anointed Solomon and they blew the horn and all the people said, long live King Solomon. So that's a precedence. Now if we now come to 1 Kings chapter 3, please, if you can project 1 Kings chapter 3. Now the Bible says, in verse 3, in verse 3, Solomon, and um, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3, and Solomon loved the Lord. I, I had to paint that precedent scripture of a picture for you to understand what is influencing the things you are going to see about Solomon. The Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord. Why? Because as a community of influence that oversees his daily living. He loved the Lord walking in the status of his father David. The Bible says except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at a high place. Now verse 4 the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. Solomon offered a, a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Now when the Bible says a high place, 
it, it, it connotes, you say, high place than, than great high place. You see, in, in those days, it, it was accepted to, to worship. Though there was a custom, pagans go to, you know, top mountain because they believe the, the higher they go, the closer they are to their gods, to the heavens. So they, they, they worship there and also the saints also go there to worship God because the house of God was not yet completed. So it, it was accepted in those days. But when the Bible says in verse 3, except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places, we need to make that distinction. That is when in chapter 11, when he built, you know, places of worship for his, for his pagan wives. But that he went in verse 4 to offer burnt offering in great high place was accepted. Because remember, First Samuel chapter 9 and, and, and chapter 10, you know, when... Uh, Saul was, was seeking for donkey. The Bible says Samuel was in the high place. So when they asked, is the seer in this time? He said, yes, he's in the high place to offer worship and to offer sacrifice. So it was not out of place that he was in the high place. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible said in verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. Hmm. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. So Solomon was a man of the altar. Thousand burnt offerings, and the Bible says, and God that stirred up Elohim. And Elohim appeared to him in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give to you. And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness. I'm reading verse 6 now. And no brightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O oh Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. Verse 7, I'm reading. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Now, the question is this. How did Solomon, how did he become aware of everything though he was asleep? How was he exact in painting a graphic picture of the state of things or the position of things in, in reality though he was asleep that's the question because I, I wondered at this thing and, and I saw something Sons of Solomon chapter 5 verse 2a Solomon 5 Songs of Solomon Look at 2a. He said, I sleep. But what? Can we read again? I sleep, but what? Again, I sleep, but what? It is the voice of my beloved. He knocks. So, though he is asleep, it doesn't change anything. The status is still the same because the Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord. Now, if any 
demon had come to press Solomon in that sleep, what do you think would have happened? Because he was as much aware as though he was not asleep. Why? His spirit was alive unto God. He said, I sleep, but my heart was awake. I'm alive unto God. I'm not dead unto God. The Bible says, God appeared in a dream by night. It's not all dreams that are just anyhow dreams. There are some dreams that you would have and you have to know that this is God in that dream. When you wake up, there are some dreams that you have. You, you need to ask God for, for, for a discernment of things even when you are asleep. So when you wake up, you will know which one is prophetic. I'm sure Joseph may have had other dreams. But there were two dreams he had. He never forgot them. Discernment of the things that happen beyond this physical realm. Because life is spiritual. If you don't catch something in the realm of the spirit, it will elude you in, the rea in reality, in, the, in this physical world. He woke up. The Bible says in verse 7, he said, Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me, verse 7, 1 King chapter 3, verse 7, if we go back there a little bit, please. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, instead, rather, of my father, David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Now, Solomon was not a young child at this time. It was a humble admission that what I have as a human cannot do this job because it's a divine call. It was a humble admission of his inexperience to handle because this thing is beyond human ability. It would take God for him to deliver on it. Then he now said your servant verse 8 is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge these great people of yours the Bible says the speech pleased the Lord what if this guy was not awake in his sleep? He was asleep, but he was awake. What if he was not awake in his sleep? You see, everyone is actually awake while you sleep. But then, the thing that happens is, the, thing, the question is, what is it that governs that atmosphere when you sleep? Because Abel, the Bible says, being dead, yet his blood speaketh. So there's actually life beyond this realm. Now the Bible says, and that speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. Now, watch this. Verse 11. And God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked long life 
for yourself. Nor have asked riches for yourself. Nor have asked the life of your enemies. But have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. He said, Behold, I have done according to your words. The next word says, See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. Now, let's look at that a little bit. The Lord said, Behold. Verse 12 there. He said, Behold, I have done according to your words. I want us to understand how God talks. This thing in, in reality has not taken effect. But it says, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So, what was God trying to let Solomon understand? Now, God was trying to let Solomon understand that this thing, I need to help your perception to be able to make it a reality. Because even though I have done these things, if you cannot see it, it cannot come to pass. So he said to him, Behold, now, if you look at, I wrote another scripture here. Let's look at chapter 4. 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29. I want you to see what God was telling Solomon that he's already done. Now, in verse 29, the Bible says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceeding an exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sun of the seashore. So Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Haman, Chakol, and Dada, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. Now, this thing I read to you in 1 Kings chapter 4, 29, was what God was trying to show Solomon. He was saying, this is, I don't want you to see from human perception. Because if you look at it from human perception, you will, you will, you will lack the ability to see what I've already done. It's not manifested physically, but it is done in the realm of the spirit. And I want you to see it. So he said, Behold. Drop the things that you know. See things from my perception. You know, you know, Jesus caused a tree. Peter saw from the human perspective. Jesus saw from a spiritual perspective. As far as Jesus is concerned, the tree is already dead. But it has not manifested yet. And Peter could not handle that. 
You see why we need to engage the Holy Ghost? Because if you are actually working with the Lord, you cannot deliver the, the, the callings and the assignments of the Lord with human capacity. That's what the Bible says, by, with flesh, or by flesh shall no man prevail. Never. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit. So the Spirit is the search engine that helps you see. Remember, the Bible says this Spirit is the one that searches the deep things. It said, for, it said, the eye has not seen, he has not heard, it's not entered into the heart of any man, what God. So you don't have capacity to behold what God says he would do if you don't engage the Spirit. But the Bible says, but the Spirit searched all things. Deep capacity. He has a deep searching capacity to tell. Remember, Solomon had already built, David had already built an environment around Solomon. So, he was able to now see beyond what human capacity could see. Remember 2 Chronicles chapter 26, one of the scriptures Pastor read some Sundays ago, maybe two months ago. 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 4 there and or 5. I didn't give some of the scriptures, it's just coming. Now, the Bible says that Uzziah saw the Lord through a man who had an understanding in the things of the Lord. And the Bible says his name was Zachariah. He said, as long as he saw the Lord, so, so long as he dwelt within that environment, he was able to see beyond what the Lord was doing. The Bible says, so long as he saw the Lord through the understanding of that Zachariah, through his influence, through his governing mentorship, the Bible says that God was committed to make him to prosper. And he said he was marvelously helped until he was made strong. Why? Because he was able to behold. You see, when God wants to do a thing, he wants you to see it. Isaiah 43 and verse 9, 19, somewhere there. Yes, 19. Is it 9 or 19? Now, the, the Bible says, the Bible says something. 19. The Bible says, behold. Say, remember not the former things. Discard what you know. What has been stored in the repository of your intellect is a discard it. Behold, see. See, behold, if you don't see it, the new thing I want to do will become an aberration. You can't, you can't understand it. Say, behold. He said, he said to him, he said to him, behold, I have done according to your words. Is a see. I've given you a wise and understanding heart. That thing that God has said to you, you, is, you better see it earlier. To be able to bring it into reality. That's why the church in Laodicea was, they were told, he said, you need to anoint your eyes with an eye serve. So you can see. You are using human capacity to judge because it's a back insight that you think because you guys are wealthy physically but you think you actually will say no 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 you need to purchase a fine coat 
a gold of fire from me, a silver from me, a white garment. And then you need to anoint your eyes with an eye salve. That's Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says you need to anoint your eyes with an eye salve to be able to see beyond. Now the Bible says, the Bible says, to show you that Solomon saw these things. In verse 15, the Bible says, Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants to validate what he saw. To validate what he saw. Because you see, the Lord needs you even when you pray. One man of God I respect so much, he said one day that um, he asked some group of people, he was in the midst of some guys, and he asked them, do you believe when you pray? He said, yes. He said, okay, let's try something. How many of you are not filled with the Holy Ghost? So one of them raised his hand up. He said, now I pray that the Lord will fill you with, this, with the Spirit. And he prayed. And he finished, he said, Amen. He said, done. He said, yes. He said, okay. Are you now filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, he couldn't answer him. <laughs> because that's what happens in church. That's what happens with a lot of Christians. You, you have prayed. But you don't believe that it's done. But can we bring First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 14. The reason God wanted to show him first. Because if he doesn't see it, it will invalidate whatever God has planned to do. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we do what? Can we read it together? Want to go? Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he if we ask anything according to his will, he does what? So from today, if you've been doubting when you pray, or those five minutes that we say in any morning prayer, now it's time to ask the Lord anything you want. You finish praying and you still go and ask your husband or your wife, say, honey, this thing, I don't still know how we're going to do it. But you just, you just spoke to the Lord about it. He said, behold. He says, see. Now, verse 15, please. Verse 15. Now, verse 15, is a seal. He said, if we know, that is the thing. If we know, if we have beheld that God Anytime we ask him anything, if we already have the picture, that's the seal. If we don't have the picture, then the previous scripture is, is invalidated. He said, if we know that he hears us, that's the point. That's what the Bible says. As we behold him, or as we are beholding him, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse, and verse 18, not 17, 18. He said, as we behold him in a mirror, what happens to us? 
We are being changed, transformed into what? Into what we see. If that's the only thing I covered this morning, that's fine. We are being transformed into what we see. This is what happens on, on, on an altar of worship. This is what happens when we come before the altar of the Lord. When we come with ourselves as a sacrifice. This is what happens as we behold. Pastor read a scripture uh, for some weeks ago as well. Genesis chapter 30. About how, you know, uh, uh, Jacob caused the sheep to bring forth streets, you know, transported and all that, you know, by just getting them to behold. By getting them to constantly behold into something. We know why? He first of all caught it in the spirit realm. Chapter 31. The Bible says he caught that in the spirit. The angel said, I see a sheep, you know, bringing forth the street, the, the spotted, the, the gray, everything. He said, he, he caught, he saw it first. Then, see, it was existing in the realm of the spirit. He was looking for opportunity to express that. Do you have that? This is the secret of man that advances and prospers in this kingdom. The Bible says he put those things in the gutter there. Or in the throne, wherever it was. And the Bible says, so long as the sheep comes there, and constantly they are looking at that thing, they cannot but bring forth what they are seeing. That's what the Bible says. That as we behold consistently, as in the mirror, the image of the glory of God, they say we are being transformed into that image. By the spirit, we are being changed into that image. By the spirit. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Gather, gather my sins together to me. Those who have made a covenant to me or with me by sacrifice. Psalms 50 and verse 5. It says, gather to me. Psalm 50 and verse 5, please. And then verse 6. Psalm 50 and verse 5. It says, gather to me. Gather my sins together to me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Then verse 6. It says, then let the heavens declare. So when they gather to me, those who have made something by sacrifice, the Bible said, then there's a responsibility on heaven to declare his righteousness because God is a faithful judge. Can we get Psalms 92? Psalms 92, please. And verse 2. Look at what it means. It says to declare. So for heaven to, 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 to declare his righteousness means declaring the, you know, God's loving kindness in the morning or every morning and his faithfulness every night. But first of all, gather my sense. My sense. What, what makes an individual eligible to be called a saint of God? What makes an individual eligible to be called a saint? Because it's the sense. It's a gather my sense to me, to gather to me those who have made a covenant those, more importantly, those that made 
covenant with me by sacrifice. Sacrifice. I don't want to go into that. But it, it can be anything. It can be yourself. It can be your money. It can be your service in the kingdom. It, it, it varies. Depending. What the Lord tells you. Is based on instruction. It's based on what? Instruction. If I do, brother, if I do your own instruction, it won't be counted as sacrifice to me. Because it's not told me to do. It varies. It varies. Now, the Bible says, look at Deuteronomy 33, please. Deuteronomy 33 and verse 3. The Bible said, yes, he loves the people. All his sins are in his hand. They sit down at where? His feet. Everyone what? Receives your words. Everyone. Everyone receives instruction. That's what qualifies the believers to be sent. He loves them. All he said, but they must sit down at the feet. That's why Solomon, though he was sleeping, he was still awake. They must sit down at his feet. There must be time spent to behold what he's planning. There must be time spent at his feet to receive. You see, instructions, divine instructions, they are not that easy to come by. Believe me. In my little work with God, they are not easy to come by. It's not, oh, Father, I give you praise. Thank you for tonight. Oh, we have slept and we woke up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. As we go out today, let your glory shine. And he will just speak. It's not like that. Brother, brethren, it doesn't work that way. You have to tarry at his presence. You know what? Believers think that why they tarry, they're wasting time. No. You're actually making motion while you tarry. As you tarry, you are advancing. Because instructions are highways to fly into the top. Instructions. If you can get that instruction, but it's gotten at where? When they sit down at his feet, everyone receives his word. So it's guaranteed that when you spend time, those that wait upon the Lord, the Bible says they shall renew their strength. Those that wait, they shall not faint, neither shall they be weary. The Bible said, though the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know why? When they wait upon the Lord, Elohim clothes them with his nature. You know why? Elohim, the Bible said, have you not known, have you not heard of the everlasting Lord, the Lord, he said, neither faint, nor is he weary. So when they wait upon the Lord, the Bible said, they too will need that faith, don't be willing. They shall renew, they shall be renewed in their inner man. So they receive instructions. They receive instructions. Now, talking about covenant, can we open Exodus chapter 24? Exodus 24 and 6. The Bible said, Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half the blood is sprinkled on the altar. The next verse, please. Now the Bible says in verse 7, which is my emphasis, then he took the book of the covenant. This is it. The Bible. Then he took the book, and then in those days the scroll. Then he took the book of the covenant 
children of the people and they said all that the Lord has said we will do what? We will what? And be what? This is what he says when he says gather my sins. Gather my sins to me. Those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. One, they have to sit down at his feet and hear instructions. Number two, they have to commit to obey. They say all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, can we jump a little bit to uh, Genesis chapter 24? Genesis 24, please. And verse 1. I'm just jumping scripture now. The Bible says, look at the man Abraham. The Bible says, now Abraham was old and well advanced or stricken in age, my old King James says. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. In how many things? In how many things? What was the secret? He was a man of the altar. He was a man of the altar. Let's look, look at a few scriptures as we round up to conclude because of time this morning. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 and verse 7. Genesis 12 and verse 7. The Bible said, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And let's read together. One to go. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Every altar is serviced by sacrifice. No altar goes without sacrifice. You think it's only in Africa they have altar? Huh? They have plenty here. Plenty. Plenty. There are a lot of Freemasonries, a lot of demonic guys walking around. I'm telling you. Some of the dangerous cults in the world is not in Africa. It's not. And never downplay the power of the enemy. Jesus himself recognized it. Jesus himself. But he said, I give unto you power. He said, over all the powers. Even Jesus said that is power of the enemy. Over all the powers, he said. He recognized it. But he said, you trample upon them. Eh? The way you trample upon scorpions and serpents. And he said, they shall by no means hurt you. Jesus is the only name that can stop the, 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 the cultic advancement of, 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 of satanic agendas in this world. If you are following up news, you, you know that the end of the age is near. And, and these satanic forces are, they are, they are getting stronger and stronger. They are, they are even crushing nations and governments. Influencing them on what they should do. It's only when you understand the power of altar. The power of altar. The Bible said, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8. The Bible said, And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Dear, let's read, want to go. There he built an altar to the Lord and called what? On the name. That's intercessory ministry. Prayer. 
So when we gather every morning, 5 a.m., to pray, that's what we're doing. He said, and he called on the name of the Lord. You see, you know, that early morning hour is when the sleep is very sweet. Is that correct? Is that correct? So, <laughs> so when you wake up, is that a sacrifice or not? Big one. I don't know how pastor do it because sometimes I'm looking at his WhatsApp. I, I use the WhatsApp to monitor when you awake, sir. I'm looking at his WhatsApp 2 a.m., 2 15. Because sometimes I'm awake at that time. And again, and I'll check again. He has shared Zoom, you know, instructions by 4 30. I, I will say, did he actually sleep or, or he was just with Pastor Lola? What happened? <laughs> The prosperity secret is by a sacrificial worship altar. That's the prosperity secret. I, let me tell you this. Maybe the Holy Ghost just brought it to my heart now. There's a time I wanted to, oh, when I wanted to study, you know, go to study abroad. I didn't want to come to the UK. I wanted to go to Canada. But I've applied to Canada and they, they didn't give me visa. That's what I was doing my NYSE back then in, in Africa. And then, I just changed my mind, okay? Well, not, I, I, not that I changed my mind. I was praying one day. And the Lord said, when you get to UK, see, do this and this and this and this for the church. That's what he said to me. So I called my friend, who is our vice president today in our outreach ministry. I said to him, I think the resources, because there was no time anywhere. I, I said to him, I think the resources for this travel I want to make is ready somewhere. He said, where? I said, it's hanging in the realm of the spirit. I just saw it. He said to me, ah, okay, evangelist, I, I, you know, you. I, I said, yes, so, because this is how we see things from the other end. I'm telling you how things happen in the spirit. Now, I have started the process, and God started opening the doors, opening the doors here and there. Now, one of the days, I had, I paid all my, of course, I, a contract came from Canada and all that. Everything started happening, because I saw it, I, I beheld it in the spirit realm. <laughs> Now, I paid my deposit and all that to come study. But then, I didn't have, I've gotten the visa, but I didn't now have the money. Okay, I just applied for the visa, I've not gotten it. But I was not thinking, because if, Elo, if I heard from Elohim, that's it. Nothing can stop it, nothing. Even if it's delayed, but it cannot be stopped. Now, I was already sourcing money, I've applied, I've not gotten the visa, but I was sourcing money. To, you know, thinking of where to get money. Now, I had 50,000 then in my account. That's what I had. I'll tell you what happened. Hmm. Now, I got to the church and they were preaching. And they started talking about seed. I switched off. <laughs> it cannot be. Never. I just switched off. I switched off. When they finished talking and turned to another, I, I now come back again to listen to what they were saying. You know, that's my church then. Then, I got to, I went to check if the visa was ready because I got a text from the embassy. I went to Abuja. I'd gone there. I collected the visa, opened my passport. I was visa. And, oh, praise God. Thank God. I, of course, I know it's, it cannot fail. Then, I got back home to my friend's house, you know, and put the television on. The minister that came up there, can't remember whether it's Chris or some one of the ministers, 
He said, that seed that the Lord is telling you to sow. I switched off, I switched off the television. I switched it off. I said, no, no, no. I'm looking for money to fly. And you're telling me. I don't get what you're saying. You know, then, I finished, then went back, back to the east. I was now asking the Lord, so how do I go about it? And the Lord, you know, sometimes the Lord talks to you and you don't obey it. So he, 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 he shuts that, that angle. Now, I, I think the next day, when I returned back, then the next day, I went to my lounge. You know, then I switched on the television to listen to, I like listening to TBN a lot. I switched on the television and then either Samadebi or Krifodela, I'm mixing the two. I don't know which one spoke in Abuja and which one that spoke in the East. But it was two of them. One said, he was preaching. All of a sudden, he switched again. And he said, if the Lord tells you to sow a financial seed, you better do it. I'm like, okay. This time around, I had to like, began to, I began to process that thing. I think maybe that's the Lord chasing me everywhere. That was on a Saturday. I went straight to the bank, pulled my ATM, pulled that 50000 That was the only money there. Put it in an envelope. Went to church the next Sunday. And they were passing offering basket. They thought my own was offering. They don't know that's my life. Okay. So I put it in there and they were going with the basket. And I'm looking at that. Then I went back home. I said, praise God. Um, it was a struggle, but I've done it now. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. Monday morning, I went to the office. One of my friends called me. They used to call me one of God in the office. He said, one of God, where are you? I said, I'm in the office. He said, ah, you got to office early today. I said, yes. He said, can you come to some place? Someone wants to see you. I said, I just got to the office now. And the guy said, he said, just tell him that there's somebody that wants to see you. And come out. I said, okay, I'm coming. I moved. I got there. The man said, he said to the man, this is the engineer that I was talking to you about. The man said, oh, you're welcome. I have this um, construction I want to do. I want to do design. I want to do this. I want to do that. He told me everything he wants to do. I, this is the first time I'm meeting. I don't know him. I said to him, I, I'm not cheap, because I studied this thing in school. It's going to cost you a lot of money. He said, how much now? I said, 450000 I just said 450000 what he wanted to do, I mean, with 150,000, 120, can be done. I just said, what, 450,000? He said, no, that's too much. I said, I already told you I'm not cheap. And the Holy Ghost just missed out to me, tell him, you already told him you're not cheap. I said, I already told you I'm not cheap. And he said, okay. Um, well, these engineers, particularly the ones that studied and graduated on this, I don't want to argue. The man pulled the zip of his, of his back, pulled out 200,000. Straight and said to me, and said to me, start take this one. If you can deliver in one week time, I will give you the balance. My flight care care level was one ninety three thousand six hundred. I went immediately called the agent in Abuja, sent them one ninety three thousand. I said, book that flight. They booked it, and I started doing what he asked me to do. In fact, in a one week plus just got into two weeks, I was able to deliver that job and he gave me the remaining 250000 And I'm like, so if I had held down to hold back that five, whatever, 50000 
So that means this thing will never happen. I dropped that seed on Sunday. This was Monday morning. So, you see, the Lord, it was just a little window to miss what God wanted to do for me. And I didn't know how else I would have done it. So the Bible says, Abraham, build an altar. That's where we get the instruction to prosper. Now, if we, if we look at um, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 8. Yes, Hebrews 11, verse 8, please. Verse 8. The Bible says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. That's the place we just read in chapter 12. That better. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The Bible says he was with Isaac and Jacob at that time. They were not physical. They were in the realm of the spirit. But the Bible says he dwelt with them. There. The heads with, with him of the same promise. No wonder. Years later. So I don't think Jacob met Abraham. I think Abraham had died at the time. But when he was coming back from Laban's house, he stopped over in that same place. He had become thin. Sacrifice. The Bible said it, it was a gate. Abraham opened the portal that's called the gate of heaven by sacrifice on, a, on an altar. You know, when you're serving the Lord, you don't know that what you're doing is transgenerational. It doesn't stop with you. That was what awakened Jacob. He said, the Lord is in this place and I never knew. His sensitivity towards being aware of the economy and the things of God came alive. An altar his grandpapa put together and didn't tell him. You know, the Bible says, I will visit to the fourth generation. Huh? The things that fought their forefathers, fourth generation, fought. Finally, if you just allow me to read one more scripture there. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13. If you look at 1 to 4, then Abraham went up from Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had, and Lord with him. To the south, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, in gold. The next verse, please. He went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel. I, I love pronouncing it the way pastor pronounces it. Bethel. Bethel. That's how pastor pronounces it. I love it when he pronounces it that way. It makes more meaning to me. He said, to the place where he stand had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. The next verse. The Bible says, to the place of what? The place of what? Which he had made there at first. And there, Abraham did what? So anytime he gets to that place, there's a steering within his spirit. Anytime he gets there, there's a steering. One of my trips to Nigeria, I walked into one of my friend's office. I walked into his office. I got there, they wanted to observe all the protocols. I said, tell him it's Pastor Moses. They just went, please, sir, come. They opened the door. I entered. When I entered, the presence met me. I called him and said, 
You've soaked this place with so much presence. No demonic person can enter here. He said to me, I said, everywhere here is heralding the presence in the office. Today he goes online. He has 38,000 people live following him. Life, life. I mean life. Because it took time. It took time to be. You see, it takes time to build these things. I'm telling you. What you see happening to pastor today and the ministry. It took time. It, it tells you years. How God told him, remove your shoes in London. How many years ago? So if you've not started that work with God, brother, it's not a one-year work. You know how long Samuel stayed in, in temple? And yet God called Samuel, he could not decide it was God. It takes time. Believe me. To even separate your own voice from the voice of the Spirit, it takes time. Let us dig deep into this thing. The Bible says, can we, can we look at... Um, Verse 14. The Bible says, verse 14. And the Lord, that's after there was issue between him and Lot. And Lot had, you see, Lot had gone with the physical appearance. Where the land, he thought the land was green. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. And the next verse. I'm rounding up now, please. The next verse says, for all the land which you see, all the land which you behold. This seeing, I need to stop here because of time. This seeing is not a physical sight. All the land which you see. What will happen? What will happen? I give to you. And who? This sight is not physical. See, Lord chose the physical sight. They ran into trouble. This one is say what you can see. This sight is what is the things that are present in the realm of the spirit, but the natural access is denied to that realm. You need to cross that the wall of the natural, you know, uh, uh, what's it called barriers. Because Elisha was with Gehazi, the army of Assyria was coming. Gehazi could see the army. Elisha could see another army. The same individuals. Elisha saw a different army. Gehazi saw a different army. Because this sight, you have to behold. It takes time to build it. So you can see clearly. That was why Elijah told Elisha. You see, it took time before Elisha began to see because when Elijah was working with Elijah, Elijah who had entered that realm said, if you see me, but he was seeing him. Was he not seeing him? He was seeing him physically. But he said, if you see me when I'm taken away, that's a different, it's a different insight altogether. And when he did, as he was coming back, everything changed. Because the water that he depended on Elijah to part, he now became he began the he became the one that part that water. He said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Meaning, where is the the, the 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 activators in the realm in this particular realm that I've just stepped into? Where are the powers there? Where are the spirits that assist men at this realm? 
The realm of the spirit is the only advantage we have. Let us learn to dwell and to walk in that realm. Let us be sacrificial. Let us build altars for the Lord. It's not only for us. It's also for our offsprings and our children. Can we rise to our feet as we pray?